You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun and science-based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. Hello, I'm Susie. And I'm Lisa, and this is The Coaching Cast. We're the no-nonsense podcast chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses and also being qualified coaches. We also tried to have a few laughs along the way too, because, well, taking yourself too seriously is just boring. We hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're talking about toxic positivity, what it is and how it can impact a workplace culture. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how have you been? What's been going on? Tell me. Well, I have to admit, I'm going to admit to the listeners, I am sat inside today having a lazy day. I'm having a a sofa day. It is Saturday, by the way, just to make you all aware. It's not a weekday. We're recording recording on a non-work day, which is unusual for us here at the Coaching Cast. But it's Saturday. Um, I'm effectively still in my PJs. I haven't showered yet. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to today. I might just not bother. It feels like one of those days. So yeah. I'm I'm currently thoroughly enjoying times on the sofa watching 90s made thrillers, which is some of my favourite genre of film. So we watched The Pelican Brief this morning. I think we're going to watch mm. The Firm this afternoon. We're working our way through the John, uh, the John Grisham film mm. remakes. That's um, very civilised. I know, but this is all as a hangover from a night out last night. So Dom and I are still in Cape Town. And last night we went out to Kirsten Bosch Botanical Gardens, which are the incredible botanical gardens located in Cape Town, right at the base of Table Mountain. They are beautiful. If you ever visit Cape Town, you have to go. They have actually a really incredible concert venue there. It's outdoor and they hosted Bonobo last night and it was amazing. Oh, amazing. So I had a wonderful time at that. It was, it literally felt like kids let loose. I was really like, woo, I'm having a great time. I'm out, I'm in the outdoors, I'm at a concert. I haven't been to a, I haven't been to a, a gig for flipping ages, I realised. I used to go quite a lot. I used to love going to um, concerts and like music yeah. events. I've done a lot of festivals yeah. in my time. I haven't been to one for such a long time. And I was overjoyed when I learned that Bonobo was taking his latest album Fragments on a world tour and was going to be coming to Cape Town while we were here and of all places was going to play at the Botanical Gardens which is just such a cool venue he's you know you're literally 
outside with the gardens and Table Mountain as the backdrop. It's totally mad. And it's actually quite an intimate concert space. So it's not that big, really. Oh, it was just brilliant. But I have to admit, like, I've never had so much space around me at a gig before. I didn't go near the front. I decided to leave that for the young people. <laughs> um, and my husband is quite, he's quite a funny character at the best of times, actually. But he <laughs> isn't one for crowds. He likes his own space. And I was like, well, we'll get there at a good time. You take your own picnic and that kind of thing, because they it's that kind of venue. You take your own alcohol. So we took our own picnic. So we sat there having some snacks, having some drinks. It was all very civilized, along with everyone else, I might add. It's one of the nicest like gigs I've ever been to. Um, and then when Bonobo started playing, everyone stands up and you know, I'm sort of jigging around. My husband just stands still. I literally have never met anyone who could stand still when there's a good beat playing, but my husband manages it. <laughs> um I have no idea how. He's not even, it's not even as though he finds other people's dancing infectious, which I do. He literally just stands still. He's having a nice time, but he just doesn't need to express his enjoyment through <laughs> his bodily movements. He's not a physical mover. That's not how he demonstrates his, his joy at things. Um, I'm always trying to force him onto a dance floor, for example, at a wedding, and he flat out refuses every time. Oh. Just won't do it. He won't let loose. Not like, not like me. I don't need any encouragement. No, um, nor me. I'm always first on the dance floor. Exactly. But yeah, just so much space around me. It was wonderful. I had a great view. Uh, yeah, it was great. Oh, so brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. I just, I love Bonobo so much anyway. He's like one of my favourites. Um, and he was absolutely amazing last night. It was so cool. So yeah, that's what I did last night. Look at me. Wow. Look at me. Wow. So Love rock it. and roll. So rock and roll. So yeah. So today is a sofa day because I think we feel we both deserve it. I mean, yeah. I think you know, I was. It wasn't a late one. I think I was at home by you know quarter past ten. <laughs> better, even yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, totally. Even for a better. night out. I'm all for you know. Have you seen Annie Max doing this? Her gigs now are called. Are they, isn't it called Before Midnight? I think they're called. And they literally, but this sounds right. Oh my god, I don't know how you haven't heard about this. Like, I love Annie Mac, and um, she now has well, she's been touring it, so she takes her DJ gigs and DJs, um, you know, like nights where it starts at seven and it's over before midnight. And it's called, I think, I'm sure it's called Before Midnight, and it's essentially for the generation that is like, I love going out dancing. <laughs> I love Annie Mac. I've grown up with Annie Mac. Yeah. Um, whether that be on Radio One or seeing her in Ibiza or just following her music, whatever. But I can no longer tolerate a late night. I don't want to be up past midnight. I don't want to be dancing until the early hours of the morning and coming back as dawn, you know, hits. I want to be in bed, you know, and at, at, at you know, agreeable hour. Time with a cup yes. of tea. Yeah. So now, now she yeah. runs these before Absolutely. midnight nights. So you start at seven. Everyone's oh, I'm going to look. I'm oh definitely going to look that up because that's we, right up my street. Totally. I think we should go. That's what we should yes. aim to do. We should aim to go up to one. They're supposed we'll to be do amazing. An Insta live from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. So yeah, that's me. How have you been? What have you been up to? I've had quite a week. I'll be honest. Um, we've not had a Susie story for a while, have we? We haven't, um, I haven't really had any decent stories for a long time. Apologies, listeners. Um, <laughs> life has been either fairly sedate or probably the more alternative is, is nothing that's happened to me really in the last couple of months is possible to be shared because well, of uh, those that could be listening, let's just say. 
Well, I think this isn't one of my best stories, but it was it was it was an interesting situation. So yeah, it's been a bit of a week. It's been a bit up and down for various reasons, but the probably like the the peak, the crescendo of the week was halfway through the week actually on Wednesday when um I was um on a conference call. Actually, let me rewind. So the days leading up to Wednesday, I'd started to get a few like twinges in my lower back on the, the lower right of my back okay you know like you do because you know I'm heading towards 40 not perhaps as, as flexible as I once was um but anyway it was all fine like all fine you know and um anyway I was on a conference call on Wednesday and I sat at my desk and all of a sudden my lower back went into spasm and I've never had a lower back spasm before in my life and I just went I was on I was actually talking to someone at the time and I just went oh oh and I just like stood up like that like and and then it was on zoom and all they could see was me just lifting myself up off my chair like this and then they just seemed like my stuff and I was like oh Oh, and then I really forgot I wasn't on mute. And so that's what I felt on mute. And then the person was like, are you, Susie, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. Something's happening to my back. I was like, I don't know what's happened. I just need to stand up. <laughs> and then it's just like, um, okay, like, are you all right? I was like, I don't think so. No, something's happened to my back. And basically, yeah, my lower back had gone into spasm on the right-hand side. And I was getting like shooting like a shooting kind of like cramp sensation but it was all like shooting pain down the the right hand side of my leg as well yeah yeah. and I was just I've never had it before like ever I didn't know what was happening to start with but it was also really painful and I was like oh my god I don't know what's happening and then I managed to get myself up like I stood up I managed to get off dial off the call I basically like threw my headset down and was like bye I'm sorry I'm gonna have to talk to you like another another time and kind of climbed upstairs and and was just like I don't know what to do so and then I just led straight for like I'm not even joking about 16 hours because every time I got up and I tried to sit down it would spasm but if I led down it didn't spasm it was really really odd and I just was led flat for like 16 hours with people like bringing me stuff because I was like I can't get up and it just went and then I woke up the next day and it was still there a little bit I did some like YouTube physio <laughs> oh yeah that really um, effective yeah, yeah you know, method of verified yeah yeah the YouTube um, video the, please the tell YouTube. me you've gone to a doctor or something since no no oh, it Susie. just kind of went and then I was like okay this is odd um and I'm here today, sat with you three days later. I'm in a seated position and it hasn't spasmed since, but it was like, it was like going into spasm like every hour. For oh like, God, that sounds it, really, it really bad. Odd, really odd. But I was well, literally it could be interesting if it happens in this episode right now, won't it? That I'll be exactly. cracking up if all of a sudden you start screaming and jumping up and down and hopping out the chair. So at least myself and the listeners will understand what's going on now giving us some context exactly. but I had to give the context I, I do think you should probably go check that out rather than you know self-diagnose and watch some YouTube crack like <laughs> it's not probably gonna do it. I mean you know I generally encourage people to watch our videos for some really insightful <laughs> self-help but when it comes to medical intervention 
goes yeah. to your professional. Right. True well, that. I'm glad I'm glad you're True here that. with us. I'm glad you're here with us. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a roller coaster week. So um but you know, who knows what next week's gonna bring? Let's well, see. Quite don't we Let's say that every week? See. Don't we say that every week? Goodness. <laughs> but on me. that note, um from back spasms and gigs, should we talk about toxic positivity? Let's do it. Let's go. I'm sure we can all relate. We are upset or we've had a bad day at work and someone says to you, everything happens for a reason or good vibes only. You instantly become irritated. People genuinely mean well when they say these things, but you may be shocked to know that these are examples of toxic positivity. According to work life, toxic positivity is the belief that people should maintain a positive mindset, no matter how dire or difficult a situation is. And it can teach us to reject difficult or confronting emotions in favor of a more cheerful and often false facade. Mita Malik from Brown Table Talk Podcasts puts this into the context of workplaces. When you show up with toxic positivity, you are not hearing, seeing, or understanding the situation. It's like you're just slapping an Instagram quote as a solution. You are minimizing, negating, or erasing my experience. So how can we maintain an optimistic and positive mindset for ourselves and others without falling into the trap of toxic positivity. So Lisa, what are your thoughts on this as a topic, toxic positivity? I'll be honest, I've I've not really come across this before. And then obviously we were building this episode and I was reading more about it and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, yeah, this is new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know this is something that, um, yeah, you're quite passionate about, aren't you? Yes, massively. I think I first discovered this topic back in April 2021. So I am a huge fan of Brené Brown, who some of us, some of our listeners, you know, we may may have heard of, may be aware of. So she is an American psychologist um, and a an academic, and she has two um, very famous podcasts and multiple books. So she's an author as well. And one of her podcasts is called Dare to Lead. And I was particularly interested in a podcast that she put together with another um, female psychologist and author and lecturer who I'm extremely um, passionate about, who is called Dr. Susan David. And I think I mentioned Dr. Susan David recently when we were talking about um, her book, Emotional Agility. And... The, the focus of the podcast episode, and it's actually broken down into two parts, is toxic positivity. Um, and so because it was featuring Dr. Susan, Susan David, I was really interested to, to listen to it and was fascinated by this whole topic and what was spoken about. So Susan David talks about toxic positivity as being, you know, the false fake positivity that's used to make others feel more comfortable with a situation or scenario. So often the individual who is showing the toxic positivity is doing so because they themselves cannot handle 
the emotions that are being presented to them. And so without intentionally, I think, because I don't think this is done with maliciousness, actually they are wanting to dismiss the emotions and to remove those as quickly as possible to create a space and um, to create a level of emotion that they are comfortable with. And often that tends to be that switch between experiencing negativity to quickly trying to move to a place of positivity. Um, yeah. But as your quote quite rightly puts really, really clearly, it means that fundamentally when you do that to someone, what you're therefore doing is not seeing them, you're not hearing them and you're not enabling them the space to experience and process what they're going through. And actually that can make that person feel really dismissed overall. So you're not just dismissing the feelings that they're presenting, you dismiss them and you dismiss their experience. You're invalidating their experience, which actually, you know, that's that's cruel, I think. But obviously I, I don't think that's what people are intending to do when they do it. No. Um, but, you know, I think it exists because many of us find difficult emotional uh, emotions very challenging to be around and over the years I do think there's been this really overpowering rhetoric of we should be positive we should be optimistic I think in the UK especially like England we do have that whole stiff upper lip mentality which you know that whole like grin and bear it like just carry on you know like you love you know those slogans that and they started becoming like fashionable if anything it was like keep calm and carry on and then it turned into like a multitude of areas of like subjects where that could be applied to I think it's that kind of notion of you know we're strong we can do this but actually dismissing your emotions or rather not allowing yourself to process them fully that's not resilience at all that's not being resilient you're doing actually the opposite because it creates more fragility because mm. actually the the more you're able to understand your emotions sit with them process them interpret them understand them the stronger you become the you know the more you pretend they don't exist actually the more you weaken your ability therefore to actually really like manage them properly so it's the complete opposite but I do think culturally that's not always been the that common thought yeah definitely I like I said in the intro you know I've only recently kind of come across this idea of toxic positivity and the more I was reading about it and and and, and looking about it I was starting to then reflect on some of my own responses in certain situations and ought and actually been able to identify where may, perhaps I've got it wrong in, mm. in some instances. So, like one of the things, you know, very recently actually I've been talking to a family member about some challenges they were going through. Um, and I think I said, you know, I probably moved them on too quickly. So I was like, well, you know, let's stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a great example of where my intent was absolutely right because it was you know my intent is positive it's like well you know let's 
think about how we can, you know, galvanize a situation, look at the glass half full side yeah, of things, yeah. you know, have some optimism there. But what I didn't do now reflecting and knowing more about this subject is probably, you know, create the space and acknowledge actually that must be really hard for you at the moment. Mm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and then move and then try and help move the conversation on. I yeah. kind of dismissed what they were thinking and feeling and saying to me by then responding with, well, you know, let's stay positive. Mm. Um, and that uh, yeah it really brought it to me because I was like this is a very recent thing that I have done Mm. and actually probably didn't feel great for the person on the receiving end yeah and I think you're not alone I think that's actually what the majority of us do and some of that is because what we are struggling with is seeing someone we really care about in pain Mm. and we we swoop in to try and fix it Mm. and to try and remove that for them we take responsibility for their solutions and to try and improve their mood. But I think that's what's misguided. And I think Mm. it's, that comes out of habit. And as I said, culturally, I think what we've been shown as the right thing to do and like learned behavior over our, like, you know, growth as we've developed as people and therefore what we've seen around us and what the common Mm. approach has been and equally what we ourselves have experienced But I do think, you know, it's that notion of when a friend comes to you with a problem, you feel responsible suddenly for that person and the problem they've shared with you because they've trusted you and you quickly go into, let me fix this, fix this for you because I'm such a good friend and you've told me this and that's what friends do. Yeah. But actually that's not always the right thing to do. And unless that person's actually told you, I want your help to fix this, that's you assuming that that's the right thing for them. And actually, most of the time, I think many of us just want to share a problem with someone to take it off our shoulders mm. and to get it out of ourselves. I know I love externalizing what I'm going through when I'm ready to not always forthcoming but when I'm ready to because actually I really benefit from hearing myself say it aloud Mm. and having the space to then work that through I don't look for people and I'm never looking for someone to take it off me and actually they can't do that anyway that's Mm. not possible because the problem is mine um and when I learned about this concept it definitely changed my perspective on you know my experiences and my behavior and has definitely made me so aware of it to the point where when people then subsequently are saying to me things that are not going well for them or problems I actually stay well away from as many I I try and stay away from advice 100% but I think that's more through my coaching teaching than anything else but I also try to step away from any reaction as well any reaction that I think is either unhelpful or too influential yeah and, and is essentially about me but I think it's very harder. hard to do it's very hard to do and I won't always get it right either and actually yeah. I'm not even entirely convinced as a recipient that that's what that person wants me to do mm. you know because I'm just I'm sort of just following this principle because it's a principle that I actually really believe and buy into it but that's not necessarily true for everybody 
I think reflecting on how when I do this, I find this harder to do when it's somebody <clears throat> that I've got a more personal relationship with. So like whether that's a friend, a family member. Mm. Uh, but I think um, somebody who perhaps is a bit more, I'm a bit more distant with in the sense that they're perhaps they're a colleague or they're a bit more kind of removed in terms of my personal relationships. I find it's a lot easier to do, I think. Yeah. In, when I'm kind of reflecting now in the moment about us discussing it, which brings us on nicely to thinking about it in terms of the context of work, Mm. because, you know, how this can impact work culture is probably something, again, that I've not really thought about before, and perhaps might be something that our listeners haven't really, like, connected the dots with before either so how can this impact work culture do you think so again I'm I'm going to use a combination of personal experience and quoting Susan David again because she (laughs) talks about this and actually I recently posted about this on my LinkedIn profile because actually I've experienced working in corporate organizations where I've either felt or I've been told that it's unhelpful or unacceptable even to be unhappy or angry at work and where, you know, I've been, you know, I've been subjected to a moment of frustration or anger being held against me. And I know for a fact that I've then done exactly the same to other people. You know, I know for a fact that I've gone through annual performance reviews And I've literally heard individuals being downgraded or rather not being graded higher because of incidents of where it was deemed their behaviour was inappropriate. But actually what we're talking about is where they voiced an opinion and it was just an opinion that wasn't shared Mm. or rather was not appreciated at the time. And there's been an association of that behaviour with an emotion and usually a negative one. And actually you know, often, and it will be in my case as well, personally, any of those feelings of disagreement, frustration, unhappiness about whether that's a change in initiative, an initiative at all, a process, you know, a decision, all it is 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 sharing a different perspective Yes, I appreciate there's a way to do that in a set, in a way that can be therefore received in the right way. But actually, just the act of doing it shouldn't be what's criticised. And I think that's the danger here in workplaces and what Susan David calls the tyranny of positivity in work, because too much is placed on the labelling of emotions as good or bad. And as soon as they're oversimplified in that way, anything that's bad or negative is dismissed as not being acceptable yeah but what that could lead to then is that when things are not going well no one talks about it because it's deemed as you don't talk about negative things and therefore problems are not are, are deemed as negative um and therefore they go ignored which is never going to be good for a business. You're never going to have a really effective, successful business if you don't face into the problems and the challenges. You know, and I think actually in an article I read from Susan David, she used the very public, very current example of, I think the organisation is called Thanos. It's the American um, drug company. 
that was headed up by um, a female who has just recently gone to prison for fraud for essentially peddling a um, product under false information. It, the, you know, the product, the drugs, the process, I think even, I think it's a process, not a drug, um, doesn't actually do what it was claimed to do. Now, many people who work for the organisation claimed that they knew there were problems, that they could see there were flaws um, in the science behind what they were doing, that it was factually inaccurate and no one said a thing because it was it, it was not welcome, to be honest. It was not welcome to be talked about. Um, and that's the danger is that you create this culture where the truth is not allowed because the truth is uncomfortable. Mm. You know, and... In those situations, yes, you're you're going to get a very inefficient business that is based on a very shaky foundation. But you're going to create a place where people feel isolated, where they feel unsafe, I would say, because they can't speak the truth. And where actually you get this real toxicity in the culture itself because of it. Yeah. And I think you can't then bring your whole self into the situation and your whole emotions, whether that is, you know, positive or good emotions for the simplicity of this conversation, we're going to label it yeah. <laughs> or whether that are, is, you know, uncomfortable feelings or mm. feelings that we would classify as negative. Um, you know, and then that means that you can't bring your whole self. You can't be true perhaps to how you're feeling, what you're thinking. And that means then that you're, um, probably have an element of increased stress on yourself so if if this is happening in isolation for people mm. but then it builds up that everybody's feeling that or doing that 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 becomes then more of a, a cultural kind of impact yeah because everybody's then feeling stressed everybody's then probably got reduced energy um and you know that impacts connection uh, i think as well i've seen this happen where in the instance i saw it is that things were kind of clearly falling apart and things clearly weren't where they needed to be and nobody was acknowledging it. So mm. nobody was calling it out. Yeah. Nobody was, you know, kind of saying, this isn't great. There's some stuff happening here that's, you know, not what we expected and is impacting, you know, where I think we we're at, et cetera. So, the, you know, stuff was clearly falling apart, but yet there was still this really positive spin on things. Yeah. And actually, I was just like, I remember at the time, obviously I didn't know it was this, but I remember at the time thinking like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, I'm not stupid. I can see that it's not, things are starting to kind of unravel a little bit, but nobody's acknowledging it. And I remember being like, what? Like, and I would feel like an element of frustration irritation yeah, about yeah. That. 100% and I've been there as well many a time when you know it's that whole like why are we polishing a turd like why yeah, are we just exactly. not being honest and saying we've had a really difficult time uh, you know we acknowledge there's been problems we know what those problems are and so this is actually what we're going to do about it mm. that to me is not being negative that's being honest and I do think that's where Again, the way we label emotions, the way we label scenarios is where the fundamental problem lies. We label things that are difficult as negative, and that is not true. Things can be challenging and they can be difficult, but they can lead to positive outcomes. You know, and even if they don't, because again, even I'm guilty there, I'm labeling it as positive. Even if they don't, it's the right thing to do. 
Mm. And that can only ever be a good thing. So like, you know, I think that's where so many of us get it wrong. And fundamentally where organisations get it wrong, it's as though they're afraid of the difficult anything that can be deemed as negative because of what that could then lead to but it's totally again it's that even their interpretation again is misguided and it's again how they're holding any form of you know of that kind of emotion I need to correct myself by the way it's not Thanos for anyone listening I bet you were laughing your heads off Thanos is the villain out of the Avengers series (laughs) The company I was talking about, this American company, the company is Theranos. So I think I can be forgiven for that slight, you know, brain blip. It's Theranos. I didn't even notice. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Theranos, Theranos, thank you. So it's not too far off. Um, And the woman who I was referring to is Elizabeth Holmes, who's just gone to jail. But yes, let's all laugh about that later, about the famous Theranos company. Um, So, you know, yeah, yeah. There has to be balance with, I think, this whole topic, clearly. But I do think fundamentally what needs to change in organisations is this notion at all that emotions aren't allowed, unless they're good ones. Because it's just, it's fundamentally not true and it's not breeding the right environment or culture whatsoever. It really, yeah, it just just fundamentally isn't. so on that note then, how do you think we can like prevent or avoid positivity mm. from turning toxic in the workplace? I think it has to I think it has to start with acknowledging all emotions of any kind mm. and I think stop dissuading yeah stop disencouraging or dissuading them regardless of what they are so I think you know some of this comes down to some things we've talked about before but organizations need to embrace humanness and our emotions are all part of us as human beings and they are data for us to learn from so susan david i'm quoting her again she is pretty much the fundamental we love susan she's the fundamental source of this entire episode (laughs) Um, she states emotions are data not directives so being really clear and this then plays into um the work of victor frankl who talks about stimulus and response but ultimately emotions are telling us something it's our choice as to how we then respond to those but at a starting point acknowledging them and accepting that they exist is the best place to start not ignoring them and I think that's true of ourselves as well because we can actually be dismissive of our own emotions we can be toxically positive towards ourselves and then you know I know that I can be guilty of feeling things and very quickly telling myself off for it and saying, Mm. no, you need to change that. You need to think about that situation differently. And I can dismiss myself. And I call that kind of a form of gaslighting. I think you can gaslight yourself in that way. But I think in a work context and in a workplace, that's the first thing that needs to be 
changed is acknowledging that we are human beings and we feel things and that is absolutely fine and that if people do present an alternative opinion if people are showing frustration anger upset sadness that in a workplace should tell you something it's either telling you that that person has an opinion about whatever's going on in the workplace at that time that needs to be explored further not dismissed because it goes against the direction that we're going in that it goes against any ideal that we thought we had about the environment fundamentally those that person or people are telling you they think something differently so it's giving them that opportunity to share it and explore it and to help them to do that so if you think it's inappropriate help them to do it in a way that you feel is much more palatable but don't yeah. but don't hold it against them don't criticize them for it because actually they are being brave they're being courageous in that they're showing it at all so I think that's what's got to start changing because as soon as you admonish it they'll shut up and then you'll lose that openness forever and why would you want that if you're trying to build a successful company so I think that's got to be it and if anything in doing that you're role modeling the you're role modeling that it's okay and if you like you're kind of giving permission for it yeah absolutely and I think as well you know not moving that person on too quickly so going back to that example that I shared at the start about me with a family member by me just being like well let's stay positive you know I'd moved that conversation on probably far too quickly Mm. and um you know I think that's what we're talking about here as well is about not just then slapping an Instagram quote up of like good vibes only yeah exactly (laughs) you know everything happens for a reason (laughs) Um, you know I'm simplifying to make a point but you know let's not um you know do that as our initial response actually just hold the space to let that person just feel absolutely all of those emotions yeah because actually by feeling all of the emotions yeah that's builds our what I'd like to call like our emotional I don't know regulation our skills to be able to regulate our emotions whatever those emotions are yeah and that's really important because when people start to feel that they can't do that or that they can't express fully how they feel, they'll over time put on a facade, they'll put on a um, a persona mm. maybe, um, which they'll bring to work. Mm. Okay, and that won't truly be how they feel. So then when something happens, you know, something goes to plan or perhaps they leave, for example, mm. and then you're like, why is that person leaving? Because I thought they were really happy and they enjoyed everything that they did. And, you know, they were in loving it and, ex- you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because actually, have they really truly up until that point communicated how they felt? Because did they feel that they could? Yeah. Did they feel they got moved on too quickly when they did? You know, et cetera, et cetera, everything that we've talked about there. So I think that's what we're talking about in terms of this toxicity in the workplace. You know, it does build quite gradually over time. Um, but it's about being mindful of have you created that space to allow somebody to feel safe, to express all of the emotions, all being in capital letters. <laughs> and, you know, have you also not moved them on too quickly? Going back to my example there around that conversation I had quite recently. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Interesting one. So that leads us really nicely then into our top tips. So our top tips this week then for either dealing or responding to toxic positivity. 
Yeah, so I think we can look at this from different perspectives. There's, if you yourself are feeling as though you're doing this, whether that be to others or to yourself, I think be aware of when when you feel uncomfortable about your own emotions, I think start practicing sitting with the emotions that you're feeling and giving yourself the space to acknowledge that one, they exist, and two, start thinking about what they're telling you and what you what you can learn from them. Because to Susan Davis' point, they are just data. So it's important to seek what the data is actually saying. Yeah. And I think if you're acknowledging or maybe growing aware in this podcast episode and therefore acknowledging that you do this to others, I think think about how can you offer that same approach to another person so that comes back to Suze, what you were saying about space. And I think if someone, whether in your personal life or in a work context, is showing an emotion of any kind, give them the space to express it and support them to sit with it. So it's not about offering advice. It's not about offering a positive alternative to then move them along, you know, acknowledge the fact that that's not necessarily what's being asked of you and also if it's making you feel uncomfortable whatever's happening it's not your emotions that are actually key here it's the other person because it's them that's bringing the emotions in the first place and they're expressing them you're just being triggered so be mindful of that and consider actually how can I be more compassionate and actually support this person to to process what they're going through yeah okay and I think as well start being conscious in yourself of how you label emotions and try to I think I've stopped doing it I mean I think it's really hard um you know it's quite you know it's easy to like generalize an emotion as a positive or a negative for ease absolutely but actually, is that accurate? Because I think we all have this stereotypical view that being angry is bad. But that's not technically true. But, you know, I think, and it, it's definitely going to be, this is a change that's going to take time. And clearly, when we live in a society that does this everywhere, it's not easy to do. But I think just start for yourself, considering emotions in isolation and the validity of all of them without labeling them or engendering them as you know negative positive his or hers because you know we haven't talked about it and it's probably a whole other episode really but we have talked about the the female likability dilemma this part around emotions comes into that hugely because mm-hmm. women get labeled as emotional uh, men don't so <laughs> um that's also problematic and it's problematic for us as females and any females who are listening i'm sure can relate because Actually, I think it's more often us that goes through this cycle around toxic positivity, both experiencing it and also apply, you know, doing it to ourselves because yeah. of the fact that society has told us that we're not allowed to be emotional. Well, exactly. This probably is a whole other episode. <laughs> yes, it and, probably is. Um, 
the other episode that Lisa mentioned there was was last season, wasn't it? I think yes, that's it season was. Six. We yeah, did a whole episode six. on female likability. Yeah. Really interesting episode. Go and check it out if you want to listen to that. But we will collate all of our top tips and share them with you at the end of the episode. It is now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. I'm sure you'll be thrilled to hear this, uh, CBBs, because we haven't had Bullshit Bingo for a couple of weeks while we've had guests. So it is back. Mm-hmm. It's back, so, baby. So, so the bingo we've got for today's episode actually came from you, Suze. It did. Interesting. Came from you because you used this or came from you because you heard someone else use it? I have heard a lot of people using this quite recently. Okay, cool. Right. So without further ado, the suspense obviously is killing everyone. The bullshit bingo for this week is transformational. Mm. Go on then. Talk to us about this, Suze. Okay, so I've heard this used, as I said, by a couple of people in a couple of different contexts. And also one person used this word, I would say, hmm, at least 10 times in the conversation or stroke presentation that they were giving. Wow. And at each point, I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does transformational actually mean? Or is that what the key thing is here? Is that actually it's up for debate and discussion? And then I was like, but so is this then actually a bit of a bullshit bingo? Because there's not really any real meaning behind it. It can have different like um, meanings, different contexts. I went into a whole different narrative and I'll be honest, I stopped listening to the presentation because I started to think about bullshit bingo. (laughs) I mean, I do think using it 10 times in a particular space is excessive. Yeah. And I, you know what, I'll be really, oh, be a bit, bit mean here. I also think the person believed it quite a lot. Do you know when someone really. <laughs> well, clearly, they used the word 10 times. The word and what, and I was like, what does that mean? Well, what, How real say, is this? What do you mean in terms of what, what does it mean? The word or the word in the context of the situation you're in? Both. Well, what do you mean you don't understand the word transformational? What, do what you does think that mean? Means? I don't know. <laughs> what does what does that like? Well, mean? you know what transform means, don't you? Well, no, actually. Now I'm thinking right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I feel like we need to Google this because I don't want to get this completely wrong. <laughs> Although I should probably take a punt. I think <laughs> of transform as being. Um, yeah, so I think this is it's fine. It's happened. I think of this as yeah, a marked change in something. Right. So it's not just a change; it's more. It, it gives more emphasis to change because the impact it has is larger. It's more obvious. It's more of a okay. marked change. It's, so when you say marked, I think of you know it's obvious. So I talk about my experience of being coached as being transformational. Okay. So I think when you then use it in the context, so transform and then transformational, I'm going to say this now, is that not the word as a verb? Oh, oh my interesting. God, so transformational, this is according to Oxford Dictionary, the, it's got an adjective relating to or involving transformation or transformations. Well, interesting. 
Anyway, that's what well, it means. Well, does that, well. Does that give more clarity around the context? No, not really. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's trying. It's like marked change. Like it's not. It's it's a more impactful word than change. I guess it's not just change. Okay. It's transformational change. Okay. But okay. I can relate in terms of the bullshitness of it because I think so. This comes down to the context and how it's used because. I've definitely worked in organisations who love to bang on about transformational change. Um, but there was a kind of air of arrogance to it because it was often said by those who were in change and would love to bang on about how <laughs> transformational the changes were that they were making. So, yeah. Personally. Again, I, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a simple soul, people. <laughs> so what? You would have just preferred them to keep saying change? Yeah, just big change. Big change. Big change. And those changes were. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep it real. Um. Anyway, anyway, it was a good debate. See, I bought one in. Yeah, you bought. It's good. It is good. So it's an Brilliant. interesting. One. So don't forget, if you have any bullshit bingos, uh, we need to hear them. So send them to us. You can drop us a DM on Instagram at the coaching cast. You can email us at hello at the coaching Send Lisa and I a message on LinkedIn. You can get in contact with us on our website as well. There are so many ways that you can make sure that we uh, cover your bullshit bingo. So please do get in touch. So we are coming to the end of today's episode where we've discussed the topic of toxic positivity. So our tips and recommendation from today are as follows. Number one is sit with your emotions and seek to learn what they're telling you. So remember that quote from Susan David, emotions are data, not directives. So what is the data telling you? Number two is as well as giving yourself to as well as giving yourself space to process emotions think about how you can give others that space so we talked about how to really address toxic positivity in the workplace and as a manager as a leader even as a peer to somebody really give space to those around you to fully express themselves and to share their emotions and do so in a way that helps them to process what that's telling them. Number three, be compassionate and be non-judge, be non-judgmental. So that's in relation to that point. So if you're going to support others to themselves become comfortable with their emotions and to learn from them, consider how you can do that in a compassionate and non-judgmental way. So finally, number four is be aware as well as beware of labeling so emotions are emotions they're neither good or bad or negative or positive and actually the more we recognize that and accept that the more we're able to actually use them effectively and create honest really supported workplaces some self-coaching questions to also help you with this episode this week are as follows the first one is what and when can you recognize that you are A, experiencing toxic positivity and B, potentially demonstrating toxic positivity? What do you notice about these situations? Number two, how can you be supportive of others without being positively toxic? So consider our top tips for this one. 
Number three, how can you increase your comfort and ability to not ignore any negative emotions, whether that be your own or others? And number four, what are you going to do differently moving forwards? Don't worry if you can't remember all of these top tips and those self-coaching questions, they will all be on our Instagram page following our episode release on Tuesday. So the episode will go out on Tuesday and the Wednesday and the Friday. Our top tips and self-coaching questions will all be there on the gram for you to refer to. We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways. On email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Now, if you haven't cottoned on by now, your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and in other, any other previous episodes and would like to help us grow this podcast and also join our CBB community, then leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You have no idea how important these are hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at The Coaching Cast, where we post regular tips and also behind the scenes hilarity of us recording with Lisa and I and our guests and what we get up to sometimes when we're not podcasting. Don't forget, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel and you can find that by searching for The Coaching Cast. So finally, we both love music and use it to motivate and energise us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and I have chosen If Life Could Be This Way by Crazy P. I love it. I think it's funny that the person's called Crazy P. I wonder who Crazy P, P is. I wonder what yeah. P stands for. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and remember CBBs. You've got this.